Welcome to Main Street Today, a podcast or what we describe as radio on demand. Music, lifestyle, business, sports, feel-good stories about you and where you live. I'm Devin O'Day, and I'll be your host for this shareable show. For more on each story, you can subscribe and visit us at MainStreetMediaTN.com. Follow us on Facebook and reach out to me if you have a story. Main Street Today starts now. What gets us through the toughest times is more often than not how we think about what we're going through and our outlook that determines the impact of the trauma. Now, this story shares the impact of the coronavirus shutdowns and the closures on the automobile dealer here at home. And this particular dealer also lost his house just days before the quarantine in the tornado that passed through Middle Tennessee. Now, if you say Tony Bates, anyone in this neck of the woods will quickly say he'll trade for anything that don't eat. (laughs) He's got a brilliant smile and he's always first in line for a great cause or to help bring great music shows to our area. But Tony is also a premier dealer for Ford in Lebanon. You realize really quickly as you talk with Tony, it's not just the vehicles he sells or his deals that keep you coming back. It's him. Relationship is where it all begins with vehicle decisions and what matters most for Tony Bates with every customer, both past, present, and future, that contacts his showroom. He wants to be your car guy, your truck guy, your SUV guy for your whole family, for your lifetime. He's a Wilson County boy, a hometown friend, and our guest on Main Street today. First of all, with the quarantine going on, does that affect how people are buying cars and going into showrooms? It, it does affect that. One of the things that we've done here is we've separated our furniture out at least six feet or plus apart, it took away the tables where people can gather, but it does affect your floor traffic, and we've limited our hours back to most dealerships have where we normally stay up to seven or eight. We're cutting it back to six now, and we're going over the areas two to three times a day and disinfecting and cleaning, you know, just stuff to make people, because at a car dealership, we do so much transportation. Transportation um, oriented business where we have to f- be able to fix cars. We even do the county cars here in Wilson County. We do a lot of that and, and a lot of government agencies. So we've got to keep them vehicles rolling during these tough times. And there's still people out there buying cars that, uh, you know, they have super, super programs right now, like 0% interest. And uh, they, I think Ford has a that you um, get three months free and you get 90 days till first payment. So they pay three payments and you get 90 days till first payment. So there's so many great deals out there trying to keep the car industry going. And to me, there's two things that crash an economy. One's interest rates and one's fuel prices. And then we both are very, very good right now. The interest rates are at all-time lows and the fuel prices are cheaper than I've seen since I was a kid. You know, and and, uh, so I don't think there's room to panic, even though we do have to be very careful and take all the precautions necessary not to have this virus spread. You know, so um, that's what we're doing, I think. And there's a lot of other things behind the scenes we're doing. We still got all of our people. We're not laid off anybody. And there's some dealerships that have laid off crews and, you know, and uh, cut some of their staff back. But we're still blessed enough to where we're still... uh, I I'm, thank the Lord as long as I can keep your head above water during these times, that's more than all you could ask for. And we have a great following of people that have bought from us numerous times. 50 to 60% of our customers have bought here before. And we're right across the metro lines, which we got a hometown feel here. So mm-hmm. if anybody's looking or needs anything, we're here. Uh, and if they don't want to come out, we have the ability to service them right from their house. And we have the ability to do the paperwork all online. So you don't have to have that interaction. And that's been around for a long time. But with this sickness, that's more and more prevalent now to where people are forced to do that. And we've been set up for it for a long time. But now we're advertising it. You know, just like some of the Carvanas and all that, we can come right to you too. So if you see something online that you want, we'll bring it to you. Let you look at it, drive it. And then if you don't like it, we'll bring it back. If you like it, we can do paperwork online from financing 
to delivery at your home. The car industry is wrapping around this and how they're making changes to meet people's needs where it is. How long have you been in the car business? I have been in the car business since 1988. I started Jim Reed Chevrolet as a car salesman on Broadway. And Mr. Reed was one of the finest men that ever I'd ever met. Of course, they're no longer there now, but uh, the dealership's still there. But I think Mr. Reed passed and his son sold out. February 28th of 1990 is when I came to Burchett Ford. I came here as used car manager. So by 94, I turned the place around and I became... In 92, I became sales manager of the year for Ford for most improved dealerships out of 50-some-odd stores in customer satisfaction and sales. So by 94, Mr. Burchett wanted to keep me here, so he gave me a uh, agreement to hopefully be owner one day, and it was a buy-sell agreement with uh, 20% of the stock. So all that took place, and in 2007, when he passed, I exercised my buy-sell agreement, and here we are today. I mean, I never realized what it entails to buy a dealership or to have a dealership, and you literally worked yourself up through this. Let's talk a little bit about maintenance and car care and the people who would be coming in during this quarantine to get car service. Do you have regular hours as far as, or or quarantine hours for service on vehicles? Well, our service is usually open on regular times because it opens up around 7.30 of the morning. We get here 30 minutes before sales do in case people want to drop off early but we all have so have shuttle services available and also Ford's paying us if the customer doesn't want to come to us to pick up and deliver Ford's actually paying the dealer to do that so that's also available if the person wants to stay at home and we can come get it or we can have the car towed whatever we need to do you know to make it easier for them whatever makes them comfortable you know at these times right now the way the sickness has come about but uh, i still believe that we're not long away and everybody's going to get through it and everything will be moving just like normal again and we'll all be thankful cuz we pull through it all together so would you say that attitude probably is the best way to get through a tough time like this i say attitude but the bible also says it talks about do not fear Even though it is a sickness and nobody wants to be sick, I still think you've got a great mind that the good Lord's blessed you with to make the right decisions. Take all the precautions necessary. Do everything possible you can not to connect and not to uh, get a virus. But at the same token, go on your normal day. It's not the end of the world. Be thankful. Be thankful for your health. Be thankful for the roof over your head because it wasn't three or four weeks ago, I lost the roof over my head because a tornado destroyed my house. So we go from the tornado into this virus. And it's, you know, it's a test a lot of times just to see if we really believe in what we say we believe and spiritually, I think. And at the end of the day, I'm still blessed beyond measure. I've still got a, I've always said, I've got a roof over my head, food on the table, and I've got my health and my family's healthy. And that's all you can ask for. Boy, I love that. I love that. It's It's been a double punch to get through a tornado. I, I'm going to ask you, and if it's okay, would you tell us personally what it felt like and what that night, recount that night uh, on March 3rd, in the middle of the night, the sirens went off, but the tornado hit as the sirens were going off, practically. There was no siren at my house. It, I heard my cell phone go off like one of them child amber alert signal things. And I can remember waking up, it was, I think, 12, 31. I'm not really sure what time, but it was late. And usually I never, ever pay attention to that cell phone. I mean, it, when it sits there and goes off, I just keep sleeping. But for some reason, I think the good Lord woke me, and I heard that, and it started saying, take cover, take cover. It's coming through. The tornado's coming through Mount Juliet, and it was talking about Leval Pike. And, of course, I'm still in a daze, and I'm going, I live on Leval Pike. So the next thing I know, I tell, reach over and I tell Jamie, I said, wake up, wake up, turn on the TV. So we turn on the TV and sure enough, it's coming. But I get up and I walk outside and I don't hear nothing. It's quiet. And I think, well, maybe it's turn direction or maybe it's just everybody thinks it's just not going to be me. Well, I was still watching the TV and I said, we better get some decent clothes on. I said, so we all did. And it wasn't three minutes And I said, let's get the dogs and go to the basement. 
Before they could get the last dog down the steps, this train came through the house and it sounded like a locomotive on full throttle. There was wood, glass, bricks, any kind of imagining thing you could think of. It sounded like the whole place was being ripped over the top of you. And if it wasn't for the basement, you know, we would have had a bad, bad issue. Somebody would have been seriously hurt, maybe even killed. I can remember grabbing the shepherd by the nap of the neck and pulling him down because he kept trying to run up stairs. You know, it frightened him. So he tried to run back up the stairs. But all in all, about as fast as it hit, it was gone. I didn't even have time to sit down. But then you walk upstairs and I had a permanent, um, what I call a skylight. You could see right up through the sky, all the trusses, everything in the ceilings, all that. You could see it plain as day. Then you walk outside and all the porches are ripped. And I live on five acres and we 102-year-old house. All the trees are gone. They're mowed over. And you look around, it's just devastation. You could see for miles where used to, you couldn't see out of my yard hardly because we had so many trees. But you could see, it seemed like for miles. And it looked like the whole world just blew up. You couldn't get out of the driveway. All you heard was sirens. Electricity was gone. So it was it was a really uh, what I call a once-in-a-lifetime event that happened, and we were so thankful that we, one, were fine, and, and two, had the ability to go and, and still have our lives. And everything else can be built back. It can. How long before someone came to you? They had people shut off coming to us. They wouldn't let anybody down our road. People were trying to get to us and couldn't. And it was later on that late evening, I'm going to say probably 2 or 3 o'clock before they let anybody get to us. And the dealership was closed the next day because electricity was off. So uh, one of my guys, Scott Smith, got his uh, razor out. And he piled three or four guys in it. And he said, I'll get to you. And so he showed up at the driveway and brought some saws because we were cut. We were cutting out of that driveway probably till five or six o'clock that night, just trying to get a path to get out. You know, so it was wild. It was really a. a you, you just. It's hard to imagine going through something like that. But uh, I was the guy that never thought it would be me. But my house was right in the middle of the path of the tornado when they showed the path. I just can't imagine what you'd feel like to hear that. And then days later, you hear about the quarantine. How did you mentally prepare for all that was coming? Well, I think the tornado affected me more than the quarantine because the quarantine, I believe, you know, even though it does affect many of people, and I'm really concerned with the, the you know, the police and the doctors and the medical people that are having to uh, uh, deal with this right now. And I'm concerned with the, the people that are needing food and milk for the babies and things like that because you see a lot of hoarding taking place. I've watched people go into stores with three baskets, and you know good and well they don't need that much stuff, but they're afraid they're going to run out so everybody else suffers. I would just tell people to get what they need. Don't get more than they need so the people that really 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 need it can have something to eat and to drink because there was one girl that worked here where she needed milk for a grandchild couldn't find milk you know so right now i just think everybody has went over the top even though it's very concerning if we follow the plans that set forth by the government you know that they put restrictions on us i think we'll all be fine but i do think you know 30 days to 90 days We'll all know uh, and see how much has taken place and thank God for, you know, getting through it or being healed of it. And uh, we'll just be thankful that it's passed. And hopefully we'll all learn from it, too. That's a great way to end the the interview. I, I loved it. Thanks for the stories, Tony Bates. I like your attitude. TonyBatesFord.com If you need vehicle service, you see a car, you want them to bring it to you to look at, or to take advantage of some quarantine-friendly financing from Ford, now is the time. Some programs even allow you to not make a payment for three months. Tony Bates can tell you all about it. Tony Bates Ford is located at 1673 West Main Street in Lebanon, where positivity is contagious, and they're making sure that nothing else is. Don't forget, Tony Bates will trade for anything that don't eat. (laughs) I'm Devin O'Day from Main Street Today.
WRA joins us. While we don't have a lot of professional sports on television, we've got sports that don't draw a crowd. They take you away from the noise. Hunting, fishing, the great outdoors, and Tennessee, chock full of opportunity. Chief of Multimedia Development at TWRA, Don King, and one of the co-hosts of Tennessee Wildcast Extra, joined us for some sanity, survival, and super fun. And of course, lots of quarantine-friendly activities. People are so frightened right now, but I've noticed this increased interest, let's say, in getting back outside, getting back to the roots. I've seen more of my friends who haven't hunted in years going out and going, okay, I got to renew my license. I've got to be able to support my, feed my family. (laughs) That's right. Every now and then we kind of get pulled back in, you know, reality sets in and, and we get to step back and take a look at where we are in life and, and, and what things are important. And, and all of a sudden you sometimes go back to old school things and, and hunting and fishing are certainly things that I grew up with in my age group. And uh, so it's pretty neat to be able to see folks get back out and, and enjoy some of the basics. Is it safe to go out and be out in the woods, hunting, fishing, wildlife? Just Some people are just going out and watching the birds right now. Yes. You know, I've noticed a huge uptick just in my neighborhood of folks out just walking. They've got time on their hands, and I'm sure that the, the four walls kind of squeeze in on them. And, uh, uh, you know, it's just it's fun to, to see folks getting out and having a, a socially acceptable distance, but still having a conversation with a neighbor and uh, and walking the dog and, and that kind of thing. That's what we've been doing some of. And, and before everything got locked down as much as it is right now, we had done some radio PSAs that I can share with you that really encouraged getting out and taking your family fishing. And of course, you can be as far away from anybody else on the on the bank or or if you're in a boat you can be either with a family member or with with somebody and you're on the opposite end of the boat so you're not you're not uh, in real close proximity with folks but we're encouraging that and the good thing is that you can purchase your license which is the way we survive as an agency we take those license dollars that people invest in uh, in licenses and use those to manage the fish and the wildlife and and all across our state so it's important to us that that folks do keep doing uh, what they love to do outdoors and maybe even we recruit some new new folks that had never thought about trying it before and uh, you can partake and not have a whole lot of interaction with other folks our governor is is really adamant about folks working from home and, and staying to themselves and you can still do that you know if you don't want to go visit a bait and tackle shop you can dig some worms out of your yard or or uh, use some some baits that you know plastic baits and things like that and just go out and enjoy a day on the on the bank if you're fortunate enough to have a boat you can use that and I just had a conversation with our director this morning, and he was telling me that Florida has had to close a lot of their boat ramps in this time when folks are uh, working from home and being being away from work. You know, they've decided to hop on their boats and gather up at the boat docks and the boat ramps and things. <laughs> so they've had to close the boat ramps so that people wouldn't congregate there. So we're not advocating getting together with a whole bunch of people. We're just advocating, hey, take your son or your daughter or, or your wife and go out and uh, go try to catch some fish. Man, you've already got a warm on it. You're ready to go. I know. Let me make sure. Go, ahead, go, go catch you a fish. Ooh, there's one. Nah, he's probably a pound and a half, two pounds. Come here, here, you can fight this one. Come here, come here. Get him, get him, boy. That's a bigger one than I thought. Good job. Whoa. Good lord. No, he ain't even that big. He just fought like he was a monster. <laughs> here, hold him by the jaw. Here, hold the pole up too so you can see what you got him with. Now look, remember to put your thumb then you There you go, good job. It's more easier if you do this. Yep, All right, hold him tight. Alright, <laughs> smile. There you go. 
Hey, let me get a picture of the phone real quick. I don't care if I get these wet. Chuck him. What? Yeah. There you go. Real. Even at the pond out back. <laughs> right, exactly. Might not have to travel very far at all. If people do want to go hunting to feed their family, how are hunting seasons going to be affected by COVID-19? Well, the turkey season is about to open. It'll open statewide on April 4th. And gosh, we just encourage everybody to, uh, in order to purchase your license to be able to go turkey hunt or deer hunt later in the season or to fish right now, you can buy that license online at our our website, gooutdoorstennessee.com. You don't even have to go to the to the local store to interact with anybody. You can just go online or do it from your phone. We've also got a, a mobile app called TWRA On The Go app, and you can just search it by TWRA probably on the, on the uh, App Store and Google Play, and that'll come up. Just download that. It's a free app. It has all the hunting and fishing regulations on it. Mm-hmm. Uh, it has uh, places where you can find fish attractors. Uh, it names all the places where we have boat ramps, where we have um, public access areas where you can go and fish off a, off a public dock. And uh, it's just a wealth of information, as well as being able to purchase your license right there online and not have to go to a store to, to get that, make that happen. That's just incredible. Any lake streams or rivers that are closed in our state of Tennessee because of the coronavirus? None that I know of. No, I'm not aware of any. And, um, you know, our workforce, we've got about 700 employees within the agency. And uh, because of what the governor has put out for state employees and all that work within the state government, wherever possible, uh, he's wanting us to work from home. So I've been busy at work with the emails and uh, producing some audio projects uh, from home and keeping up with it that way. But a lot of our other employees don't quite have that luxury. We don't, they don't work in an office per se. You know, our wildlife officers are out there out and about patrolling and and helping people out and answering emergency calls, uh, whether it be boating or, or whatever. So they are on duty trying to limit their interaction, close interaction with the public, but they are on duty and should an emergency come up, they are, they are available. So the folks that work on our wildlife management areas typically are out preparing to plant fields or they might even be planting. It's been wet lately, so that might have been delayed some. But there's, it's, it's like uh, a lot of it is kind of farm work. So a lot of that area, a lot of those jobs, they're out making preparation for the upcoming hunting season. Those, those folks will be working as well as the folks that I say they're on 365, 24-7 duty. And those are our folks that work at the fish hatcheries. Um, if, if the fish miss a meal, it's a major thing uh, at a fish hatchery. So uh, uh, our, our folks are, again, the, the staff at those uh, facilities are pretty lean and mean. There aren't many folks that work there. So they, they do a lot of work and cover a lot of ground uh, by, by taking care and raising those fish that eventually are going to end up in Tennessee waters and hopefully on the hooks of uh, some of the sportsmen in, in our state. Which is part of the reason that we play the, pay those license fees to begin with, to keep up things like that. Conservation is a big part of what you do every single day to make sure that those streams are filled with fish. Are you at TWRA still stocking the streams and lakes? Yes, yes. I, I, don't, I haven't heard that there will be any interruption in the, the stocking because once those fish are raised and they get to a certain size, they need to be moved out so that the new crop of fingerlings and and uh and fry can be uh propagated and and uh occupy that space that was vacated by the fish that they they put out in the water so uh i hope i'm explaining myself well there but it's it's a never-ending process but our our guys i have guys and gals do an, an awesome job of 
of uh, raising those fish. Is there a chance that, you know, I'm a big fan of the free fishing day, but with kids out of school in an elongated time, is there any chance that you'll be waiving some fishing license for those kids that are out? Well, the good thing is that until they become 13, it's fishing is virtually free for kids. There's there's no license involved, and so if if a parent wants to take their child out, they would need a license for the parent. But uh, but until they become 13. Um, they don't need a license. And then when they're 13, it's a very reasonable uh, uh, young sportsman license that, that they would get. And it's it's very, uh, very reasonable. I, I don't know the amount right off the top of my head, but it's, it's uh, not very expensive with, at all. Well, with all the wet weather that we've been having, digging up worms after the winter is going to be pretty darn easy. <laughs> <laughs> I've seen them crawling across my driveway. Yeah, if I wanted to go fishing, I wouldn't have no problem uh, coming up with some bait today. Absolutely not. And uh, you don't you don't have to worry about those dough balls because there's not a whole lot of bread around. People are the people are kind of eating up all the bread in their house, but you can still get worms no matter what you do. <laughs> That's right. Exactly. Sure enough. Well, thank you so much for your time today. Just to recap, the places to go, you've got this fabulous app that everybody can download as far as getting licenses. Um, The next season is turkey season starting April 4th. April 4th. So we're right on the turkey season. And the turkeys are plentiful by right now. They really are. We're we're expecting a really good uh, turkey season. And and especially now that folks have a little bit extra time on their hands, um, I encourage everybody to uh, go online, to go outdoorstennessee.com and pick up a license and get out there and go after some turkey. If you are a sportsman and you're listening, we would just encourage you that there might be people in your neighborhood that aren't very adept at it, but the whole preparation of wild game is... It's just not an instinct. It really is a learned behavior. So do you have any videos at TWRA for helping prepare wild game? They are very, very plentiful on YouTube, specifically from our camp. We have some, but it's it's somewhat limited. But you can visit our website, tnwildlife.org. You'll find links to many of the shows that, that we've created, uh, TV shows that do include some cooking of wild game and that sort of thing. And uh, But I would encourage everybody to find some things on YouTube. There's very plentiful out there for, for things to do with wild game and recipes you can come up with that uh, really make, a, make for a tasty meal. Well, you sure are good at cooking catfish out of our Tennessee rivers, Don King. I learned that firsthand. <laughs> we had a good time out at the uh, farmer's market uh, this uh, last fall. We were we were get, letting people sample some of the catfish that came from our Tennessee waters. And many, many came by and sampled and said, oh, I'm not, I'm not sure about catfish. And they taste it and say, wow, where can I get some of this and so we encourage folks to get out and uh, wet a line and get some of their own own harvest and take it home and cook it up that's just wonderful twra doing good things helping people maintain their sanity this this coronavirus our quarantines on main street feature is trying to help people just get through and get by and you're doing it in a big way thank you don king and all the folks at twra Thanks, Devin, for all you do, and we appreciate you spreading the word. Well, not only is Don an outdoorsy sportsman and TV radio host for TWRA, he has logged many a mile as a professional musician. We'll close with a song from the band he tours with, The Road Crew, with fellow TWRA Wildcast host Jason Harmon on drums, longtime Music Row publisher and songwriter Woody Bomar, and on bass and sharing in the vocals, Joe Lesh. 
As the road crew, their passion for the iconic highway earned them some attention by the Route 66 Federation, and they were presented with the very first Bobby Troop Artistic Achievement Award and declared the official musical ambassadors of Route 66. Their album of songs, full of salute to sights and treasures on the journey, Songs from the Mother Road, all songs written by Woody Bomar, can be found at roadcrew66.com. Videos and stories, they're all hosted by Joe Lesh, and it's fabulous, and they're on their YouTube page. For the road crew, thank you, Don King, for your work at TWRA, and of course, for the music. It's a lonely road in a busy street It's a hustle and a bustle and a quiet breeze It's the Pasadena traffic in Missouri sticks That old 66 It's the Arizona desert and Chicago wind It's a midnight diner up around the bend It's a stalled out engine and a tire to fix That old 66 And the Goes on and on and on Like the pounding of a heart Beating free and strong It's a concrete jungle in an old mud hole It's a rat race running in a Sunday stroll It's a knee-high cola in an old cane pole That old 66 It's a rusty Ford tracker in a new suitcase Smiling face, it's a one-speed bike in an old shoelace. That old '66. Well, you love her like a lady who sometimes treats you good, and you wouldn't want to live without her even if you could. It's a honeysuckle blossom in the morning dew. It's a silver lined moon looking back at you. It's a drop-top Chevy in an old horseshoe, that old 66. It's a clicking and a clacking in the smoke of the train. It's a coyote prowling out across the plain. It's a rattlesnake river in a driving rain, that old 66. She's a stranger to the future, a promise of the past. The main street of the world that's moving fast Well, it's freedom and it's prison and it's billboard signs It's a Mustang keeping it between the lines It's the tumbleweed, the cactus, and the lonesome pines That old 66 That old 66 That old 66 Joe Diffie was an Oklahoma boy. He came to Nashville to sing country music. He didn't have the look that all the other hat acts had. Heck, he didn't even wear a hat. Ever. He sang about a million demos for songwriters, both good and bad, and he made every song he sang sound better than it was written. He had a way of breathing life and emotion into every line. He had a wicked sense of humor and the kindest heart. And while he was never a singer with stratospheric fame, even with all his hits, he had money where it mattered, in the note. Every song Joe Diffie sang had one, the money note. He was known for it. Everyone in town would try to copy it in the studio. Do that Diffie thing. The money note held out and held on with tension and a pedal on a note that wasn't even in the chord, but he held on to it like it was a stake and he was starving. The Joe Diffie money note. Others tried, but no one, no one could out money note Joe Diffie.
someone in country music especially all their friends and all the people who ever sang with them or sat with them or knew them or had a picture taken with them has something to say but as people started sharing on Facebook their different stories about Joe and their friendships with Joe one that truly touched my heart was my friend Andy Griggs and I asked him if it was all right if I shared his story from his social post on this podcast. And he said, of course, Joe was my friend. Here's Andy Griggs. I'm sorry to hear about our good friend, Joe Diffie. I always said that uh, Joe and, and Singletary was probably, male vocal wise, was to me my favorite singers in the last 20 years or so that was in this town. Daryl and Joe, they were a lot alike. Well, we all went way back with Joe. And he is going on from us today i hate to hear that my biggest memory of joe at all the stuff that we would do on the road and this and that was one time we were in a limo when he was relaxing it was hot it was down in florida and we'd been playing somewhere outside and both of us were exhausted and, and we got in this limo and turned the ac way up and we're just sitting back and i we're talking about doing a gospel record and i said joe i've always wanted to hear you sing i come to the garden alone and just a cappella in that dark, getting getting cold and cool limo. Just the two of us. He sang a cappella. He sang I Come to the Garden Alone. And that was um, that was one of those it moments. You know, everybody has some it moments. With me and Joe Diffie, that was, that was an it moment. So I want to sing this for Joe. Well, I come to the garden. Where the dew 
As radio announcers, we get to meet a lot of the artists we introduce and play the records of. Some are in and out of the studio, and they don't really leave a mark on your heart. But when I learned of Joe Diffie's passing, it was from Kathy Martindale, host of Racing Country, member of the Tennessee Radio Hall of Fame, literally a legend in Nashville radio. I knew her thoughts would be the heart song, the eulogy of this podcast. When she sent me her feelings in her own voice about the passing of Joe, I knew that he was not just a story about an artist. This was a tribute to a friend. Nobody could have said it better. Kathy Martindale. Well, Devin, I'm just stunned as all of us are. You know, just when you think it can't get any worse with all this alone togetherness stuff and the news of the day, uh, it's just a gut punch. Uh, I got the email from Joe Diffie's publicity manager on Sunday afternoon that the coronavirus that Joe had had just a short battle with, well, it took him out. So I just sat there thinking, wait, hadn't he, I don't know, it, it, we just heard that he had just had it just that week. Maybe they should have tried experimental drugs that hadn't been approved I don't know. Maybe they did. Maybe they tried everything. I don't. It was just too fast for us, and I'm sure for his family it was just a blur. He had even reassured his friend Colt Ford just last week not to worry that he'd be fine, but it wasn't to be. We lost a guy who was connected with country music fans, kind of as a regular Joe. I look at him as bridging the gap between old country and the new country with a voice that that had pain in it, had heartache, and at the same time he could he could sing some hell raising and good time songs. <laughs> he had a colorful life, but he had a tender heart too. He raised money for kids like his son, uh, who was born with Down syndrome. He did a lot of good stuff. Joe was always there for us doing interviews on TNN and WSM and so easy to work with. He never got above his raisin. He never made us feel like he was better than us. I guess because he felt like his job was to sing, which it was, and our job was to, like, bag groceries, fix cars, talk on the radio. He even made me feel like I was his friend. So I was going back through some messages on uh, Facebook, and I had to smile when I read this one. It said, this is from Joe, Glad to hear you're doing well. We're just raising a four-year-old. She's lots of fun. She keeps me hopping. I've become a personal valet to her, LOL. I'm still doing shows and just signed a deal with Rounder Records to do a bluegrass project. That should be fun. See you soon. Well, we didn't. I was really comfortable around Joe Diffie's slumber party comfortable, where you could laugh at goofy movies and eat microwave popcorn in your PJs. Yeah, we never did that. But I kind of wish I would have suggested that. <laughs> Maybe someday all of us fans will be together around a campfire, and we'll be in our PJs roasting marshmallows, and there will be Joe Diffie pick up his guitar and sing Ships That Don't Come In Just One More Time. 
I could tell he'd had a tough life By the way he sat and stared And me, I'd come to push and shove So I pulled up the chair We talked of roads untraveled We talked of love untrue Of strings that come unraveled We were kings and kindred fools And just when I'd hit bottom That old man raised his glass And said at least we've had our chances There's those who never have So here's to all the soldiers Who have ever died in vain Ain't locked up in themselves The homeless down on Maine To those who stand on empty shores And spit against the wind And those who wait forever For ships that don't come in Said it's only life's illusions That bring us to this bar To pick up these old crutches And compare each other's scars Cause the things we're calling heartaches Hell, they're hardly worth our time We bitch about a dollar when there's those without a dime And as he ordered one last round He said, I guess we can't complain God made life a gamble And we're still in the game So here's to all the soldiers Who have ever died in vain Ain't locked up in themselves The homeless down on Maine To those who stand on empty shores And spit against the wind And those who wait forever For ships that don't come in Ships that don't come in. Hey guys and gals, it's Terry here with Transcending Turbulence. So I wanted to pop on real quick today and share a little nugget with you about how to maintain some peace of mind and sanity in this otherwise overwhelming time that we are in. Here is a daily challenge that I have for you. Find a cozy place in your home to sit. Take a few really good deep breaths. Get cozy and comfortable. And then think about a memory or a childhood experience that you had when you were young and sink into that memory so far that you can smell things around you. You can touch, you can taste, you can see. It's as though you are right there again. I'll give you an example. I have a memory of being at the side of the creek with my grandparents when I was younger. And one of the things that we used to take to eat was bologna and crackers. Some of you know what I'm talking about, right? So I can hear the creek babbling. I can actually feel the mud squishing between my toes. And best of all, I can taste that bologna and crackers when it would come out and that knee-high and that grape bottle. I can taste all of that. And it's amazing takes me back to a place and a time where life was simpler and it invokes endorphins in your body, redirect your brain from panic or anxiety to a place of peacefulness. 
So try that the next time you feel yourself getting overwhelmed with all of the stuff that's circling and swirling around us, create a memory from your childhood, or I should say, recreate a memory from your childhood. It's really quite amazing. I hope you guys are taking care, be well, and increase the peace. See ya. Thank you so much, Terry. Terry Pugh can be reached for phone or Skype consultations at terrypugh.com. That's T-E-R-I-P-U-G-H. She's a professional life coach to help you feel better during these trying times of the quarantine. We're going to leave you with a Middle Tennessee artist, and she's heard around the world. She has made famous a phrase, soaking music. It just makes you feel so good. Her name is Julie True. You can find her music anywhere great music is sold. JulieTrue.com, Soaking Music. You can also subscribe to her Soaking Radio channel. One of the things we've probably taken for granted is good old-fashioned communication. There's no one way to reach people. So we here at Main Street are communicating through every means possible to make the messages of our hometown accessible. So whether it's a Facebook video, online news, our traditional newspapers available in newsstands or for an unbelievably affordable subscription price or here in our podcast, something we like to call Radio On Demand. You can follow us, you can subscribe, you can even clip an article and send it to someone in the mail. We are your hometown. We are your main street. And don't forget to share.